passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Episode 152 of the For the Love of the Game show on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. There's a lot going on in sports, folks. NBA playoffs are here. NHL playoffs are around the corner. Major League Baseball is back. We have UFC. There's boxing. And to wager on all that good stuff, go to Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games and poker games. It is super easy to get started. Head to the website today on your mobile device or your desktop. Use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. With that said, episode 152 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. Welcome back, episode 152 for the love of the game with yours truly, Aaron Tobin Hess. It's ATH, back in the saddle, back behind the mic, and I absolutely love this time of year. We are here, people. We are here. My favorite thing of the year, NBA playoffs, is happening, all right? The regular season's over. The Lakers are dead. The Knicks are dead. It's time for important NBA games, and as much as I love the NCAA tournament, and I do, as chronicled on this show, the NBA playoffs, to me, is just better. The quality of basketball is better. It's just awesome. And we are going to be previewing everything with the NBA playoffs in just a matter of moments with a recurring guest. But a couple of things I wanted to touch on and give kudos to. Number one, first and foremost, the New York Rangers clinched a playoff spot, 100 points on the year. Unbelievable season for the Rangers. And they are really in the mix of winning that division. They are in striking distance of the Carolina Hurricanes. Just what a year from the Rangers. What a year. Igor Shesterkin may be the best goalie in the league. Chris Kreider, somebody that Rangers fans have had an up-and-down relationship with over the years. 50 goals this year. Panarin's had a big year. Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox, the whole squad. Whole squad is ready. Just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Can't wait for them to get into the playoffs, see if they can make a cup run. I love their chances to win the whole thing. 18 to 1 odds is great odds. Let's go Rangers. So now that the NBA regular season is over and the playoffs are here, we are, again, going to go over all of it in a little bit. But just a quick rundown of the final standing. So in the East, the number one seed Miami Heat, followed by the Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks at three, at four, the Philadelphia 76ers, five, the Toronto Raptors. No one saw that coming. At six, the Chicago Bulls. And the playing game, seven and eight is the Nets at seven. Eight is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again, kudos to them. No one saw that one coming either. And they've been a little injured, so they had a little bit of a fall. But 
Really good year by the Cavs. 9-10, and 10, rounding out the play-in tournament is the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. And for the West, number one seed, Phoenix Suns, 64 regular season wins. Incredible. Number two, the Memphis Grizzlies. Number three, the Golden State Warriors. Number four, the Utah Jazz. Number five, the Dallas Mavericks. Number six, the Denver Nuggets. And the play-in tournament. Number seven, the Minnesota Timberwolves. A very nice surprise. Number eight, the LA Clippers, number nine, New Orleans Pelicans, and at 10, the San Antonio Spurs. Going to be a good, good, good stretch of NBA basketball. Absolutely can't wait to watch these games. A couple of notes from the final standings. So Milwaukee Bucks, they kind of played this perfectly, right? They kind of threw away the game, last regular season game of the year to the Cavs, basically forcing the Celtics to decide if they wanted to be the fourth seed or the two seed, the Celtics chose to be the two seed. So Milwaukee avoids the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant in the first round, potentially. Now, is Milwaukee really ducking Brooklyn? I don't think so. I mean, Milwaukee's 5-0 and in their last five games against Brooklyn, right? Giannis is 5-0 and in his last five matchups with Kevin Durant. I don't think Milwaukee has to duck anybody, but they definitely wanted to play Chicago in the first round, who they swept in the regular season 4-0. So good on Milwaukee. They're the three seed last year, won the title. I fully expect them to be back in the finals, but again, we're going to preview all that in just a couple of moments. The Philadelphia 76ers in the 4-5 matchup, they are an upset alert. Toronto's a weird team, a feisty team, a super athletic team with all these guys around 6869 rangy great defensively do they have an answer for Joel Embiid no but Matisse Thibel because of his COVID vaccination status I think he only took one shot of the Pfizer vaccine so he's not allowed in that's gonna be bad that's gonna be tough for the Philadelphia 76ers and let's face it James Harden does not look great uh Philly is on upset alert out west the Phoenix Suns should absolutely cruise if history repeats itself, a team like the Suns with that regular season profile goes to the finals. But I don't know. There's something about this Memphis team that I, even though they're young, super young, but I think they can get to the finals. And if Steph Curry's going to be back healthy with Klay Thompson rounding into form, he's shot the lights out the last week. Jordan Poole's been great. Draymond Green is rounding back into form. The Warriors can easily make a run at this thing. But Phoenix, in an unbelievable season, profile says that they should be in the NBA Finals. So I, I know we touched on it in a prior episode. But now that the season's officially over, wanted to give my final ballot for all the postseason awards and the All-NBA teams. We're just going to run through this quickly. Rookie of the Year, I got Scotty Barnes. Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr. MVP, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Coach of the year, I got Taylor Jenkins from the Memphis Grizzlies. I know Monty Williams is a great candidate and probably will win. I just think Taylor Jenkins winning all those games without John Morant is incredible. I mean, there were a lot of really, really good coaching jobs this year. I mean, Eric Spolster did a great job. As I mentioned, Taylor Jenkins, Monty Williams, just, you know, just a lot. It was it was a deep, deep pool of good coaching jobs, but ultimately I think Taylor Jenkins should win, even though he probably won't. And Monty Williams is very, very deserving. All NBA teams, first team, Luca, Devin Booker at guard, Giannis, Jason Tatum, Jokic at forward and center. Second team, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan at center and the forward spots, Steph Curry, John Morant at the guard spots. Third team, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, at center and a forward spot, Chris Paul and Donovan Mitchell at the guard spots over Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, only because his team is better. He's a little bit better defensively. And I know Trey Young, super impressive that he led the league in total points and total assists, but he's just a sieve defensively. So I gave the edge to Mitchell. And the last forward spot, I gave it to LeBron James. I wanted to knock him off, but I just couldn't do it. So that is of postseason awards. That's the ATH ballot. Not that it means anything, but hopefully I'll get a vote one day. One last thing before we get into tonight's guest to preview all things NBA playoffs. So Yeshiva University's Ryan Terrell was invited to play in the Portsmouth Invitational. For those who don't know, that's a major college basketball invitational filled with D1 players. 
projected first round picks, projected second round picks in the NBA draft. It's been a long time since the D3 player was invited. Guys have made the NBA who've played in this game. Derek White, Sterling Brown, Rashard Holmes, just to name a few. So this is a big deal, a huge, huge deal for a modern Orthodox Jewish kid from Yeshiva University who wears a yarmulke every time he plays to play in this tournament. Now, I've been on record saying I don't think Ryan Terrell is going to get drafted in the NBA draft. I do believe he's going to play summer league and make a summer league roster. I think he has a chance to play in the G League if that's the way he wants to go. I think the most likely outcome is he's going to play professionally in Israel, but let's not minimize this. This is an incredible achievement on an incredible story. I can't wait to see what happens with him, but that just I had to mention it. Just awesome, absolutely awesome. So kudos to him. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens in the NBA draft. With that said, we are going to bring on a recurring guest to preview the NBA playoffs in just a matter of moments. This episode of the For the Love of the Game show on the Believe Podcast Network is also brought to you by Credit Karma. Are you paying down old credit card debt? A personal loan could be your best solution. Loans usually come with fixed monthly payments, making them a simple way to pay off your credit cards. Plus, Loans usually have lower interest rates than credit cards do, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Are you ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see your personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com, again, slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. So we're bringing back on. He's done a great job being versatile, but we're bringing him back on for his NBA expertise. He says he's a Celtics fan. I actually think he's a Nuggets fan, but he will make <laughs> the case that he's still a Celtics fan. Uh, it's Avi Wexler. He's back. He's actually in the car right now. He's uh, doing me a huge solid. Avi, what's good, bud? Hey, thanks for having me on. And sorry if the audio does cut out at all. Uh, hopefully the DMV Parkway is uh, not going to screw up any of our uh, hot takes. Well, it I, I'd love to say like who goes into an office these days, but you you were telling me before that apparently you've been going in for the last two years, so that's a little weird. Um, all right, yeah. fine. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you first because obviously we're recording on a Wednesday evening where mm -hmm. the uh, the second round of the playing games are about to tip off. You're about to get Atlanta at Charlotte to see who gets to play Cleveland for the final playoff spot. The winner plays Cleveland. And then we're going to have the New Orleans Pelicans against the San Antonio Spurs. The winner gets to play the Clippers to see who gets the eighth and final playoff spot in the West. That's on Friday night. Uh, so, yeah, because uh, last night Minnesota took care of business and the Nets took care of business at home against the Cavaliers. So let's start there yeah. with the Nets, right? It wasn't the most exciting game, but because the Nets won, they are now the seventh seed, and they'll be playing your supposed Boston Celtics. Did anything? <laughs> yeah. So, because we're going to preview all the series, but I guess we'll we'll, we'll start here. Did any, what would you? What was your biggest takeaway from last night's game? And does anything about last night's game make you nervous as a Celtics fan going forward? So my biggest takeaway from last night's game was seeing Ben Simmons actually wearing basketball shorts on the bench, because I know that leading up to the game yesterday, there were talks about, oh, Ben Simmons is shooting. He's looking really good in the gym. He has this confidence about him now, and he sits on the bench for a, I'd say, pivotal play in game. I know they were going to be in the playoffs regardless, and maybe they're not necessarily afraid of who they would play, but for me, just seeing him on the bench, while it's a little scary thinking of like what could happen with this amazing Nets team based on the assemblances of the talents of uh, KD and Kyrie, I think the biggest thing that stepped out to me was that KD and Kyrie basically had to play a flawless game. Kyrie didn't miss like his first 10 shots and KD was obviously incredible, but they basically had to play the entire game and only really won by, I think, like six or seven against a team in Cleveland that's young and struggling and obviously doesn't have the defensive matchups to uh, contain those types of players as much as you and I love Evan Mobley. I would say that 
it's not necessarily a a strong indicator for me of how good this Nets team actually is because it seemed like the guys who kind of are surrounded by KD and Kyrie don't have much that they can really offer when either one of those guys is not on the floor. You? That was what I took away. And obviously, I I know that Kevin Durant is one of the four best players in the league. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving, while he does not play winning basketball, is is absurdly talented, just absurdly talented, and can go crazy. But I texted a couple of buddies of mine. I was just like, Kyrie's 12 for 12. He hasn't missed a shot. And the Cavs are only down 10. Like, if I told you that that was the case and that Kevin Durant had only missed, like, two shots, right? wouldn't you think that Cleveland would be down, like, 25? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and the Cavs just kept coming back, and and it's not even – listen, the Nets played spectacular offensive basketball, and you don't expect Kyrie to shoot like that, the, you know, for most games. But to me, it's just they're really bad defensively, like really, uh-huh. really, really bad. Uh, and historically, teams that are that bad defensively don't go far in the playoffs. I mean, they're abhorrent defensively, and they're not very deep. And they're not very deep. And I think, you know, Cleveland d- doesn't have the guards or the wings to punish Brooklyn for playing Patty Mills and Kyrie Irving together or for playing Goran Dragic and Patty Mills together or sometimes playing mm-hmm. the three of them together. Like, they just don't have that personnel. And, you know, right. Darius Garland, who's taken a major step up, in terms of his standing in the league, like he's awesome now. Um, he's not afraid when he plays either, right? I mean, like you saw, he's going at guys, but but he's just it's just not enough, right? I mean, because right. Karis right. Levert was terrible for the first three quarters, and then finally decided, oh, I'm going to try to attack Kyrie Irving off the dribble, and I'm going to get to the rim. It was like, well, what happened for the first three quarters? But I, I just for people who are so intoxicated by the Brooklyn talent, and I get it, it's intoxicating, right? Because we saw what Kevin Durant was able to do last year. Right, with, exactly. With hobble James Harden and just Kevin Durant. I, But I just don't see it. I don't see Brooklyn. Now, there'll be a tough out because those guys are so great, but I don't see them going so far. And if I'm a Celtics fan, like, with the way we've been – not we because I am not part of the Celtics. Except oh, yeah. You had to catch them. yourself there. I did catch myself. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm so I'm so sad right now. The only time <laughs> I've been part of the Celtics we was uh, from 2008 and 2010 when uh, my guy Kevin Garnett was playing for the Celtics and they were – Fair, very fair. But if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm not that worried. No, I, I – as a as a Celtics fan, some someone call me a faux Celtics fan or a pink hatter or whatever you want to call it. I'd say uh, a this has been the most fun team to watch from a Celtics perspective since like the Isaiah Thomas Jay Crowder Celtics, which isn't so long ago. But based on what uh, the season outlook was looking like around the All Star break, or sorry, before the All Star break, uh, I would say like this team has taken a major step up in the cojones apartment, you know, like showing some absolute gumption and just like steamrolling teams, but also showing some toughness when the game does get a little tight. And I feel like they actually do have something to prove now, despite the injury to Robert Williams, which, you know, based on how the series schedule and his, uh, his cleanup on his knees going, maybe it will actually be possible for him to return. And he is such a key defensive player for them, especially on the interior that it could make a big difference. Say the game goes to five or six games, but yeah, I'm not really sure that I look at that lineup on paper as afraid and terrified. I am of Durant and then Kyrie's ability to, you know, go in and get 30 every night defensively. I just don't see how they stop us. And, you know, even if Ben Simmons does play, like how much, how much time are you going to give him on the court in a pivotal series game? 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't know if you can even take that away from a Seth Curry or Dragic as much as he can open your floor defensively and offensively. I just don't see him being at the place physically and mentally where he can make 
that big of a difference for them, especially in this round with no basketball for like the last 12 months, right? Is that a- no, it's not crazy at all. And and I don't think you're going to see Ben Simmons at all. He, he's not yeah. playing in one-on-one drills yet. Like, right. I, I just don't – there's no way you're going to throw him out there for at least 10 minutes. Like, he's that, he hasn't really practiced with his teammates yet. So that hypothetical, I think, is completely, completely overblown. Um, but, right. And, yeah, and, and I think the Celtics – and I bagged on Tatum. I know I'm probably repeating myself from an older episode, but I bagged on Tatum a lot. But he's taken a major step up in his playmaking, in his uh, ability to just go straight to the rim and stop with like all the um, the the dribble, dribble, hesitation stuff where it has to look good for yeah. the gram. And he's just more decisive. Right. And he can go toe to toe with Durant. Now, is he not on Durant? Is he on Durant's level? No. But he can like fake it for a couple of games, and with the, the way the Celtics play defense, like the Celtics, as much as I can't stand Boston, the Celtics have been the first or second best team in the league since January. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been so them in the Suns. Right? I mean, those. No, it's not at all. I, I mean, you know, hopefully not. I, I guess like once you know tip off starts and you know the teams start actually playing, then we'll really see. But if I, I'll ask you this. Kevin Durant, hands down, the best player in this series, right? We're not even going to debate that. He's he's obvious. Of course not. Not even close. Best player in the series. Third. Right. So, to me, where where's the rest of the players on both teams rank? I think the Celtics have, uh, after Kyrie and Tatum, I think the, they, the Celtics have the next seven best players. I, I don't consider I would Steph agree with Curry – at like 80 per, Seth Curry at like 80 percent sorry Seth Curry at 80 percent I don't think is doing that much Goran Dragic like eh not really Drummond we I'm not afraid of in any sense I mean he can get some boards but you know like you know who the Nets like who the Nets aren't gonna be able to cover on the perimeter like Grant Williams <laughs> you know like I, Peyton Pritchard's a nice player Marcus Smart's gonna dog Kyrie up and down the court and then Jalen Brown who uh, probably is gonna be the x factor for the team in the series, if not every series for the Celtics, is the second guy, when Tatum's going to get double covered and he's getting pressed, who's going to be the guy who takes that next step offensively for them and can get the offense to go? It's going to be Jalen Brown. So I, I'm going to lean Celtics there comfortably in this series. And I just don't really trust Kyrie and KD with their injury history, playing all these intense minutes without any other help coming down the way for Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not deep enough. They're not deep Not enough. at all. Now, I, Joe Harris is out. Ben Simmons is going to be out. They're getting mm-hmm. nothing. Like, remember, like, Blake Griffin was really good for them in the playoffs last year. He's been right. totally shot. You know, Drummond is going to have to be super important. But, like, are you really depending on Andre Drummond to be that dude? Uh, I just no. don't see it. So, we'll get this one out of the way. How many games for the Celtics? Uh, I'm going to say five. Celtics. I'm going to say Celtics in five. I am going to say Celtics in six. Okay. Only because I think Durant can win two games. That's fair. Yeah. And and as and and as you and I both know, there there's gonna be a night where Kyrie is unconscious and shooting, you know, twelve of twelve again. So yeah, I could totally see it that way too. I mean, either way for me, I, I don't think it's a scenario of the Celtics. I, if the Celtics go up 3-0 in the series or or 3-1, I don't I, I think the game ends at game five. Um, but yeah, I, I comfortable Celtics series win for me. All right. So moving on to the second playing game last night that happened. Yeah. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people were riding the Clippers, which I could understand. Um yep. it was a weird game. Uh the the Carl Anthony Towns silencing doubters about his uh, big game chops. <laughs> well, that didn't happen because he was absolutely dreadful. Atrocious. That was tough. Chris yeah. Finch, who's had a really good year coaching the team, also had a terrible night coaching the team, managing Carl Anthony Towns' foul situation. Uh, oh, yeah. But I mean, Anthony horrible. Edwards, who looks like he's going to be a star, was a star last night. Uh-huh. D'Angelo Russell was a star last night. You know, he's gotten yep. 
let's just say the media hasn't been kind to D'Angelo Russell recently, which which I understand, but he was great last night, sensational. And they take yep, care yep. of business at home. They celebrated like they won the championship. Uh, that was Patrick the funniest Beverly, part of it all. Yeah. With Patrick Beverly just acting crazy. What what'd you make of that first and foremost, how they celebrated? It was weird because it was all, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, the movie Semi Pro with Will Ferrell, where like they're like basically a great like having a parade. Phenom- oh, phenomenal movie. Phenomenal movie. Anytime you can get Woody Harrelson back in a, on a basketball court is popcorn for me. And Will Ferrell is just electric. So like by all means, like if there needs to be a Semi Pro 2 or whatever, Whoever they, whoever we have to talk to to get to to get the filming going, like please let me know. But I mean, they were celebrating like the the win for the play-in game, which is great. But at the same time, it's like okay, you played the Clippers team that, for all intents and purposes, hasn't been that consistent of a team all year, as good as they have been. But this was only a play-in game that you know Paul George still played very well in, and you know it. Carl Anthony Towns didn't do anything to silence the haters, in my opinion, about like what he can do in a big game. And yeah, it was a weird game because of all the foul calls and it was a weird energy. But I would say the biggest takeaway was uh, Patrick Beverly took this game more seriously than everybody else did, which is a good thing to have. But it just makes me feel so much better knowing that I don't have to deal with him on my team and that I don't have to play against him in a playoff game. I, I, my issue with a player like him is that he is going to use this to fuel his reason for why he needs more minutes. And he could be a bigger where I'm a little bit sheepish on how much of this win can really affect them. On the other side, I love Anthony Edwards. He's so fun to watch. Just an athletic marvel. I saw a couple of things. I can't stand Patrick Beverly. I think Not at all. he's the fakest tough guy out there. I think he yaps and yaps and yaps and loves to yap at star players. And star players basically, you know, shut him up quick. I'll never forgive yep. what he did to Russell Westbrook years ago. Basically taking yep. out his knee on a dirty play that was garbage. Now, I respect the fact that he's worked hard and, and carved himself out a nice little niche and staying in the league, but I just think he's a fake tough guy. Like I can't, I can't yeah. stand him. And it killed me last night that he made the game winning steal and basically, you know, celebrated <laughs> the way he did. And I know, I guess it was personal. I know it was personal because the Clippers lowballed him. So he asked for a trade and I get that. So I kind of respect that, but I, I can't stand the guy. I think he's, I think he's trash. I, he's like Jay Crowder. Two of them are the same to me. They're the same personality, but I'll say this to his defense. You can tell that he instilled some type of toughness in D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. And I got to give him credit because he, they don't win that game last night without him. And and as for the Clippers, I don't want to call this a choke job because again, Paul George is just getting back. Like, you know, Tyler is doing a really nice job of, Getting this team where they are, considering if you look at the roster, you take away Paul George, the fact that they won this many games. Like, I know we, I've buried the Lakers multiple times, but like the Lakers should just be ashamed of themselves that Ty Lue can get this right. Clippers roster this many wins. But it was a weird game. Yeah, the refereeing was very choppy. Uh, Paul George pushed off on every single play. On every single offensive touch he had, it was an offensive foul. You could have called it every time he put the ball on the floor. Just weird, but kudos to the T-Wolves, who are an exciting team. Uh, You're right. Yeah. 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 You're I, right. I it was weird. Yeah. Weird, weird game. Weird game. And uh, D'Angelo Russell really, really played well. Really, really played well. Uh, but this, as for the celebration, I know Minnesota's had it bad as a sports city. Yep. But the Timberwolves were in the playoffs in 2018, right? It's not like the Sacramento Kings who haven't been there since 2004. The Timberwolves have been there since 2018. Yeah, it was a quick stop, but still, like, it's a little ridiculous. And I really appreciated how the TNT crew after the game was just, like, making fun of them about it. 
Right. I, I, and I, I, but I also agree with them because at the same time, it's like, okay, you won the play-in game, but that doesn't really mean that much for you guys. Like, yes, you were at home and it's awesome. And it was an exciting game and it was a great comeback despite towns fouling out. And then, you know, you have the raw, raw crowd and Beverly and uh, D'Angelo Russell hits a couple clutch shots and, and, and right. And Anthony Edwards, you know, throwing down some just ferocious dunks, but like, they really were like overhyping themselves for the play in game. <laughs> That's, you know, like it'll be fun for them when they're in the playoffs, but I don't see that. I don't think that they can really go that far, especially if towns continues to be that guy who, you know, maybe doesn't have that killer dog in him. I, I don't know. Not, not I, even just killer, not even killer dog, but it's like, you gotta be somewhat poised. Like Reggie Miller was talking about like how he's, you know, young and inexperienced. It's the seventh year in the league. Like, you have yeah. to know not to crash an offensive rebound like that if you have five fouls. Like, that was absurd. Yeah. It was absolutely Not insane. only that, not only that, but he's also, like, the most tenured guy on the team, too. So he should be, quote-unquote, your leader, you yeah. know. I know some guys lead differently. Like, as you and I both know, Kawhi Leonard is a leader by example, not a leader by talking. Then there are guys who are leaders by talking, maybe in the forms of, like, Marcus Smart or Patrick Beverly in this case and not necessarily example, but, you know, I, in terms of leadership qualities that you want to have, I feel like he hasn't proven that he can be that guy yet, you know? Yeah, I, I've been impressed by him this year, so yes. I've had questions about him in the past. I've been impressed by him this year, so I'm going to give him a mulligan tonight, but it's, yeah. uh, it's something to monitor because in 2018 – he was dreadful in the playoffs, absolutely dreadful, which led to the mm -hmm. whole Jimmy Butler, you know, blow up on that team with, with the infamous practice and the jump right, with right. the nickels and the, and the whole shebang. All right, so I, I want to get into uh, previewing the first round series in a second. But sure. before that, if there was one guy – uh, one player or one coach who has the most to gain and the most to lose in this NBA playoffs, who would you pick for most to gain and most to lose? So I would say it's a, it's a tie between for most to gain, I'd say between Embiid and Chris Paul. And I'm kind of leading Chris Paul just because as amazing as, the Suns are. This team is so special, especially coming out of how the finals ended last year. And based on everything that Chris has been through, how special this would be for him. Because you never know if you can get back there, the West can get better, so on and so forth. Like this is like a Spurs 2014 team where they lose in the finals to LeBron's Heat and then they come back and they win it next year. And it's like an amazing send off for Tim Duncan, right? So I feel like for a, a Chris Paul type who's never won, this is so much for him to gain on the other side with Embiid Embiid would then put himself in this conversation of, okay, maybe I didn't win the MVP, but that's disrespect on your part. Like you guys aren't treating me with the respect that I deserve, you know, as opposed to like guys like Giannis who were already anointing up there, rightfully so you and I are huge fans and Jokic, you know, is probably going to go with a back-to-back -back MVP. So in terms of being like that next it guy or elbowing and jockeying with Giannis for that it guy spot, especially with the big man, I'd say it's between those two. How about you? So I think there's a you, – you gave two good answers to me. It, it's both one player, all right, because uh -huh. I, think, I think Chris Paul showed in the – like getting them to the finals last year and having Phoenix win as many games as they did this year again. Mm-hmm. A title would cement him in terms of his place in the history of the league, in terms of the history of point guards, and put him in, like, really the upper tier, upper echelon. But I yep. still think that even if he retires without winning a ring, he'll he'll be respected, right? Like, super, super respected. And Embiid, you know, he's only 26. He'll have more years. To me, the answer is James Harden. Okay. And because – it hasn't looked good right now with the Sixers. He's forced himself out of two different situations in under two years. Yep. 
People question his playoff moxie with good reason because he sucks in the playoffs year after year. People question how much he's dedicated to basketball because he's constantly out of shape and his practice habits are as such, right? Right. But if he goes on a run and they win the title, even if he's playing second fiddle to Embiid, people will think of him differently. You're going to have to because that's what happens when you win, right? When you win a title, it kind of nullifies a lot. So I think he has the most to gain and the most to lose because if they lose, it's going to be because he's not going to be very good. And by Mm -hmm. him not being very good, Embiid is going to look worse. Doc Rivers is going to look worse, who's also a prime candidate for, you know, has the most to lose in terms of his standing as a coach. Because I know he won with the Celtics in 2008, but he's had a lot of bad playoff exits. So I think to me it's James Harden. That's fair. I mean, I kind of took him out of my list because for me, if they win the finals, I don't think it would be because of him. And if they lose, it may not be because of him because just he just hasn't looked good at all this year. And because of his playoff history in general, I feel like he's almost like a lost cause for this year because it's not like he came on strong this year, right? I, I understand, and I wouldn't hem and haw if it ended up being him. Like, I wouldn't hate it. But for me, I was just thinking from a, you know, who could really move up especially when you're, you're Chris Paul and, you know, Chris Paul doesn't have that back-to-back MVP or two-time MVP uh, winning uh, on his, uh, on his desk, like uh, Steve Nash, right. He doesn't have that Steph Curry accolade. He doesn't have any accolades minus the all NBA voting, but I feel like he's always been robbed of that postseason glory. And this would then at least add him to that special club of people and then kind of at least separate him or put him on the same level footing as a Steve Nash, who maybe, history looks on a little bit more favorably because of those two MVPs. But I, I totally understand where you're coming from here. Let me ask you a question about Phoenix for a second. Um, two things. One, so obviously Devin Booker's been getting, you know, so why isn't Devin Booker getting MVP buzz? Uh, because mm-hmm. he's been the, the putting up monster numbers on the best team in the league. Like, I, I just, as great as he's been, you know, Chris Paul get should get a lot of credit for transforming Booker's career, right? And transforming this yes. son's uh, situation because Booker had never been to the playoffs before last year. And you're questioning whether the, that stretch run that they had in the bubble was a fluke. So, like, I get it. So let me ask you this. Right. If, if you had to pick the most important player on the Suns between Booker and Chris Paul, who would it be? Right now. I would say Chris Paul, because as good as Booker was, I still feel like in terms of initiating their offense and what they do defensively, Chris Paul and his health determines where the Suns go more than Devin Booker. And that's why like, when I you, agree with you and, and, it's, yeah. and it's close, but I agree with you. And that's why Devin Booker should not be in the end, be taken seriously as an MVP candidate. You know, as great as he is and as great as yes. he's been this year, you know, give yeah. him first team all NBA. But, you know, with Giannis and Embiid and Jokic having historic seasons and them being really the, the straw that stirs the drink, you know, I, I just, he, there are levels to this, right? Like, he's just not right. at that level. Right. I, I think, like, part of it is, and I haven't watched all the Suns games this year just because of the time difference and everything. But I would say, like, when I have watched them in prime time, I feel like Chris Paul does unlock other aspects of that team, uh, especially in those clutch moments, more than Devin Booker does, where it's just getting a guy like Bridges involved or getting Aiton involved in a better pick and roll scenario. And then just the defensive aspect, too. That's where, even though this was a foundational building block year, for Booker and what he will become as a player in this league. I don't think he's a, the alpha on that team and yet, and B this isn't the type of season that he could say, clearly I'm one of the top five best players in the league. I, I 
I think when we spoke about it last week or two weeks ago, I had him as my second team guard. Uh, and I had Tatum uh, and Luca ahead of him. But that's just kind of where I'm looking. Uh, I guess when you just see how much of a team that is built on excellence this year, the Suns just have all these amazing pieces. And it's more of a phenomenal team with no clear cut super duper star, so to speak, as amazing as Chris Paul and Aiton and Booker are, you know? Let me ask you one more Suns question. Sure. 64 wins. Are, are we sleeping on the Suns a little bit in terms of like being super, super dominant? Because we're going to get into the different series, but like, sure, you know, I could normally a team with that profile, you'd be like, they are a, they are a real, real shoe in to make the finals, like a real shoe in. I, right. I would say that they have a 75% chance to make the finals. And for some reason, maybe it's because of the hypothetical of Steph Curry getting back with Draymond Green rounding into form, Clay Thompson rounding into form. Like, I still give the Warriors a chance to beat them, a, a decent chance to beat them. And, I, and there's something about this Memphis team that I could see them – I can see the Memphis Grizzlies making the finals. Like, it, are we sleeping on the Suns? I'm not sleeping on the Suns personally. I, I still have them as my finals pick, both to not only both to uh, to make it there, but also win. Mm. Uh, I would say that they, of all teams, I think they do have the easiest pathway, you know, assuming health, just because of how deep of a team they are. And as we said before, just they ha having a healthy Chris Paul, and all that time that he needed to recover from uh, from his wrist surgery, uh, as well as uh, Booker's ascendance and Aiton also continuing to play at a high level. I, I just think that they are clear-cut the best team in the West. And I think Memphis is a really fun team, and they've been really good without Jaw. But at the same time, I think that's a team that's just – they're almost like that Warriors team before the Warriors made the run, you know, where they have a really exciting young team that – is going to make some noise in the playoffs, but I would be surprised if they made the finals past a more experienced team and a team that I would say is hungrier in the Suns wanting to be there. I just think that there are, are certain people who can will a series, and I don't know who on the Grizzlies is like that, but I'll tell you that I'd say Booker and Paul are two guys that will will the Suns to a, to a series. You know what I mean? I understand. Very, very yeah. fair points. Very fair points. So let's start there, all right? Because I don't think mm -hmm. the outcome of who ends up getting the eighth seed, whether it's the Clippers or the Pelicans or the Spurs, is really going to matter here. So we'll start previewing the uh, the series. I think we think the Suns take this in a sweep or a gentleman sweep. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's a I think it's a sweep, not even a gentleman sweep. I I don't really even think that there's going to be a quarter where the Suns even lose in the point differential. You know what I mean? I think the Suns are going to win every quarter of that of that series. It's really hard though to sweep. Like it, it it's it's really difficult. It doesn't happen that often. So I'm going to say Suns in five. Suns okay. in five because if the Clippers end up getting in, you know we saw that series last year and it went six. Now I don't think the Clippers are as good, and I think the Suns are better than last year. So I'm going to say Suns in five. Uh, all right. Okay. So going on to the next. The two seven, yeah. Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Memphis Grizzlies. What do you have? I got the Grizzlies there. Uh, I assume that it's, it would be Grizzlies in six, just because you know I'm not. I'm. I want to see from them that they can win a playoff series comfortably. And as you said, and you're confident in them, I'm confident in them, but I'm not necessarily sure that they're the type of team that can necessarily just blow the doors off a team. Like, and this is coming from somebody who's more comfortable with the Suns in a four-game sweep. Mm -hmm. I don't know, what, where, where are you with, like, how Anthony Edwards matches up, where Carl Anthony Towns fits in the picture? I just don't – I'm not comfortable with Devin Booker uh, being guarded by, like, D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Davis. Like, they have – these young guys and they don't really have that leader 
that can take over offensively and defensively. They just have guys who can do one or the other, right? You have Beverly defensively can really switch at least a moment in a game or a full game. I don't think he can be day in, day out at this point in his career. The guy who's going to be up and down the floor dogging Devin Booker, Chris Paul, whoever it's going to be. And D'Angelo Russell, who's nice at times. I want to see that he can consistently play in clutch moments and not brick threes. And then Towns, I just don't, as much as I like Towns and as much as I thought Towns was a really important piece for that team, I don't see how they get past them in the first round this year. I'll say Memphis in six. Yeah. Because I I do think that there will be, like, there could be a game where Carl Anthony Towns is the best player on the floor and goes sure. crazy. And I could see a game where, like last night, where Anthony Edwards, who's going to be a star and is ascending and he's not scared. Like Towns sometimes gets the jitters. Anthony Edwards doesn't get the jitters, right? And if you look at Mm -hmm. the regular season results, like these two teams played close games. They played close games. So I will say Memphis in six as well. I love this Memphis team. Um, So I'm going to give them six because I think there's something weird happening in Minnesota. In a, in All a right. I mean, I'll take it. I'll, 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 I'm here for good basketball and it, it, it can be fun. You'll have a fireworks between Beverly and ever Edwards and then guys like jaw and then Dylan Brooks, you know, and, the, and Jaron Jackson is going to be a fun player to watch in this series as well, just to see if he can add some fun elements, both offensively, not just in the, not just in the transition game. Because he's, I mean, he's arguably a defensive player of the year caliber player, right? I, I would say he's Yeah, I, be I had him as my, uh, as my pick to win in my unofficial mm-hmm. ballot that hopefully I'll get official in the next decade or so. I think, I think you can get it retroactively official so that, you know, in the record books one day it'll show, oh, and by the way, this vote wasn't factored in here, but your vote should make a difference in that voting. I think it should. I think it should. <laughs> uh, if if all the guys from the ringer can get a vote, I think I can get a vote. So the, three, <laughs> the 36, we've got Golden State and Denver. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry should be able to play yeah. in the series, starting this series. How do you see this series going? Uh, I think this game, I think this series is actually pretty close only because we're unsure of where Steph's uh, ankle is at this point. That being like, I mean, my guy, Jokic, who's going to win the MVP most likely. I, I think I sent you before we started uh, that list of some of the votes that have been cast for MVP. And it looked like a lot of the guys who had uh, the votes were going to give it to him. And rightfully so, in my opinion, uh, I think Jokic is probably the best player in the series, but the rest of the team surrounding him is just so bad that I don't really see how without a Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray showing up for two or three of the games in the series, they can really even hang with this team. Yes, there will be nights where Jokic is probably going to have to put down a couple triple doubles and maybe even score 40 in a night. But if Steph's healthy, you have Jordan Poole, Draymond's healthy, and Clay on the side, I just don't know how this team loses to, uh, to Denver in a, in a, in a series, maybe that maybe Denver steals one or two, but I, I don't know. It'll be fun. I've got the warriors in six. Yeah. I give Jokic the benefit of the doubt for two games because he's great. And you got to see where Steph Curry is because let's face it. Like the warriors have not looked great. They've had their moments, and, and Clay's had his moments rounding into form, but they haven't played great down the stretch. Uh, and mm-hmm. not that it's going to take a lot to reincorporate Steph Curry, but, you know, I, I just – I'm a little dubious. Like, I like the Warriors more going forward in the next round than this round in terms of what they could look like at their peak. Yeah, because it will give them a couple of games under their belt to get back and have all these guys on the floor together. That's a fair point. That's a, I really like that point actually. And, and by the way, let's say, let's say uh, Jokic gets swept in this series or let's say Jokic loses in a gentleman sweep. I don't think that that should be any knock at his MVP not case just because, not because this bit. is, 
because this is just going to show about how much help he needed and how much better he was. I mean, like with guys like Bones Highland, who I love getting serious minutes in a series like this, as opposed to being like that off the bench guy who is going to hit three threes and light up the crowd. You know, he's actually going to have to play a lot of time in this game. And I just don't, Paul Millsap has seen the best days behind him. You know what I mean? Or is Millsap even on the team? I don't even remember, but I just, I don't, he was on the list and I don't know if he's there anymore. He's maybe they'll, maybe he'll, they'll they'll go back and forth. I I don't, I don't really see how the nuggets barring some type of crazy injury and a cold streak by Jordan Poole. I just don't see how the the nuggets pull it out in any more than a one or two games in a, in in a, to win in this series. So the four or five, Dallas and the Utah Jazz. I was leaning a certain way, mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of reversing course. So I want okay. to hear what your thoughts are on this series. That is by far the least entertaining of all the first-round series. Well, except for maybe Phoenix and whoever they play. But That's only fair. because no one likes watching the Jazz. <laughs> so I would say I'm going to guess that you and I align the same way here where we thought going in going into this week uh Dallas easy money probably six games just to be safe but most likely a five game gentleman sweep and they dominate Utah just because Utah is so dysfunctional but now with the Luka injury not knowing how good he is I'm not necessarily certain that it'll be a very comfortable six games Maybe Luca's fine, and maybe they're just going to be overtly cautious because they need to be because he is their franchise cornerstone and he is their only hope for any Western Conference relevance. But I would say right now I'd still probably lean six games to Dallas, maybe even seven. I don't know if that's a hot take, but it just all depends on, uh, on Luca's ankle or, or his calf. So this is where we actually differ. Oh, okay. I was originally going to take – Dallas and six. And now I think Utah is going to win the series. Okay. In six or seven games. I just, if Luca's not a hundred percent, right. As much as I hate Utah, like Utah has won first round series before. Yes. So it's just taking that next step. If Luca's not 100% right, I don't see how they can they can win the series for a team as dysfunctional as they are mm-hmm. that have been in play, the playoffs together now. This core, for the most part, has been in the playoffs together now for four or five years. And yeah, I mean, that's I actually fair. Like, fair point. I like the Jazz to win the series in seven games. I feel like I'm going against the grain here, and I'll say this. I know there's this narrative of Luka not getting out of the first round. If that's the case, I don't think this should be, you know, an indication on Luka as a player not being able to get out of the first round. No, not at all. I mean, he's been phenomenal. I I mean, he was a top five MVP candidate for me this year. I think for most people would, would, would agree. And yeah, he like shows up early season a little out of shape. But like, so does Jokic. So did Embiid for a while. So did Shaq. Like, guys who can guys can play at a high level can play themselves into game shape and then carry their teams as the season goes. And then you know, if you do get hurt and it's a you know a fluke injury like like getting hurt in the last game of the season, which was maybe a questionable decision on Jason Kidd's part, uh, I wouldn't knock Luca if he's not hundred percent in this series, just because even Luca at 80% is going to force six games in this series, in my opinion. I just want for next year, I want Luca to have the Giannis mentality. Yes. Where, where he's in shape all year. He takes it seriously all year. Like I want Luca to be more Kobe Bryant than James Harden. And my biggest fear with Luca and I think Luca's better than James Harden ever was. Um, yes. But my biggest fear with Luca is he has too much James Harden in him. And whether it's the off the court activities and the off season conditioning, like this is a 365 day a year job. If you want to be on that level, 
So I hope that Luka takes it seriously, but I am picking the Jazz in seven because Luka is somewhat compromised. We're moving towards the East. Uh, 1-8, obviously we don't know who it's going to be. So it's the Miami Heat against, let me ask you this, okay? Which team who would be eligible for the eighth seed would give the Heat the most problems? Which teams are sorry? I don't have the I don't have it off the top of my head. Do you, can you just so remind me which teams have that eligibility? It would either uh-huh. be Cleveland, Atlanta, or Charlotte. Who would give the Heat the most problems? Uh, if I had to rank it, I would probably say Atlanta first, then Charlotte, then Cleveland. And I love what Cleveland's done, but I just think they're too young and they're just not ready. As fun as they are, and as amazing as Evan Mobley is, I just think Bam checks him, and Garland's nice, but I feel like Lowry checks him. And, you know, Jimmy Butler is just an easier difference piece for me there. But the Hawks, say what you want about how far they got last year, maybe it was a fluke. They at least have shown that they can get to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals, right? So I'm I'm not entirely sure where... Charlotte falls, the Gordon Hayward injury, I don't think makes that big of a difference, but I don't really trust LaMelo and Rozier and a couple of the other guys who I have, who are also, once again, too young, as opposed to the Hawks, who, as inconsistent and frustrating as they are, and they remind me a lot of the Jazz a little bit because they're frustrating to watch and they're like a very middling team. At least they've gone far in the playoffs before. And, you know, the Heat aren't exactly crystal clear, especially with that little dysfunction where Jimmy Butler tried to fight Eric Spolster a couple of weeks ago. I'm not entirely yeah, that sure that that was really weird. Right. The vi- So the vibes are not, if we had to do a quick vibes check on the heat, I wouldn't say that they're impenetrable by any means. And, you know, Jimmy Butler is a nice player in the playoffs, but I wouldn't say he is the alpha dog on that team. I'd say it's Bam who's an amazing player, but the Hawks have some guys that they can throw at Bam and they have a, like a little bit of a deeper roster with, um, with uh, Bogdanovich and then Trey Young is good for at least probably like 30 points a night, regardless of who's checking him, where they could make the series pretty interesting. What say you? I will say the Hawks have the highest upside. I would have said Cleveland if Jared Allen was able to get back. Um, Yeah. I would say the Hawks have the highest upside. I will say that Trey Young has struggled against Charlotte. So like he has to get past the Hornets tonight who have, Mm -hmm. you know, been They've been better than we think. Like, we all poo-poo the Hornets, but, like, they finished above 500, a couple of games above 500. Like, they're not bad. Uh, right. They're, they're really missing Gordon Hayward because they fell off once he got hurt. But I mm-hmm. would say the Hawks probably give the Heat, if the Hawks are at their best, give the Heat the toughest series, which means that the Heat will win in six. Yeah. No, I think that's fair pick. So we touched on the Celtics and the Nets. So the 3-6 is the Bucks and the Bulls. What do you see in this? This is, this is going to be the worst playoff matchup in all of the playoffs, in my opinion. This is going to be a four-game sweep. None, there's not going to be a quarter where it's close, and the Bucks are just going to sleepwalk through the first round because the Bulls have been such a bad team this year against teams that are at least competent, let alone a team like the Bucks, And they have just looked so bad. Their Cinderella carriage has turned back into the pumpkin, so to speak. And they had a nice run. DeMar DeRozan, phenomenal year. Love what Zach Levine became as a player. And, you know, that's really, and like, that's just really it. When it comes to players who don't show up in the playoffs, Vucevic, first team all does not show up in the playoffs. Uh, Levine, haven't seen anything from him. DeRozan, I think, is like a Hall of Fame playoff, like, you know, playoff stinker. So I'm not going to even attempt to pick against the Bucks in a single game in this series. I got the Bucks in five. Okay. It would be a little bit more interesting if, like, Lonzo and Caruso and all those guys were playing, but I just don't see it. Right. I don't see okay. it. Bucks in five. This is going to be the easiest one to pick. And then we got the yeah. four or five which may be the most interesting mm-hmm. series given the traveling between the United States and Canada and some mm-hmm. vaccination statuses. 
Uh, we've got Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Philly yeah. being the four seed, Toronto being the five seed. How do you see this one playing out? So I think it will be a really fun series. And I think this, in terms of every game that's going to be played, this will be the closest series to amongst teams in terms of every game is going to come down to the wire almost just because of how the two rosters are set up and because of the travel and uh, vaccine restrictions that do play a part. I don't know if we have a full list of players that uh, the 76ers will not be able to have on hand. I know that Matisse Tybel is one of them. I don't know if there are any other mainstay uh, minutes guys who would be playing that could be affected by that. Um, I'm going to take the Sixers in six only because Embiid is going to be the best player on the court every night. Uh, and wherever James Harden is in his diet, try it, playoff stink mode, he'll be good enough against this Toronto team where Toronto can maybe win those two games in Toronto, but I don't see them getting past this team where Embiid is going to be on a mission and he's feeling snubbed if he, A, doesn't get the first team All-NBA, B, the MVP. You know what I mean? Like, he's mm -hmm. on a mission to prove that he can do it and that this, sees, that this team is his team, this city is his city, and despite everything they've been through, he can push through this type of um, difficulty. I don't know. I, I don't really – I just – I don't really trust Siakam as nice of a resurgence as he's had as much as we love Scotty Barnes. You and I both love Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet. I don't think that they have the guys who can match up on a night in night out basis, especially in Philly uh, against the 76ers. I so want to pick the upset here. I, I get that. Me too. I would love, I'd love I want, I want it so bad. I want it so yeah. bad, but I'm going to take Philadelphia in seven. Okay. I'm going to take yeah. the Sixers in seven. I think it's going to be a lot tougher than anybody thinks it's going to be for, for Philadelphia. I think <laughs> that even with the lack of size, you know, the, they just have these active guys that do stuff, right? They're just uncomfortable. They make things uncomfortable, the Raptors. Nick Nurse is a way better coach than Doc Rivers. And yep. I, I think Joel Embiid's greatness is going to be the difference. But I, I see Harden having a miserable series. They make things tough. They've made things tough for Harden this whole year when they played against him. So I have Philadelphia in seven. I don't <laughs> feel good about it, like at all. Well, I think when you pick a team to go seven and because they're the four or five seed, I, I think it's one of those, you know, Vegas zone pick them where I'm not going to sleep comfortably regardless of who I pick and for how many games I pick them. You know what I mean? So I, I'm with you there. I could be convinced of Toronto in seven. I could be convinced of Philly in six. I'm not going to say that one team deserves to be there over the other, especially when you have guys like Harden and Doc Rivers on the same team who have phenomenal choke artist capabilities in the playoffs. They're really Picassos of their time in, in doing that. Uh, but I would say it's just so hard to go against Embiid because they're just nice when he is just a 45, 12, and 5 player with three yeah. other blocks, and just he impacts that game, and it's just so hard to bet against him. That being said, the biggest knock on him that's been – the biggest unproven issue I'd say has been, can he do it in a playoff series where you're playing those night in night out games and then you're flying across and you're flying back. That is something to keep an eye on because, you know, Harden doesn't have the legs and juice that he used to where maybe you could rely on him a little bit, even if it is the playoffs and beads going to need somebody else. And that's kind of where this trade with the Ben Simmons. Okay. They got Harden in there, but they lost, Seth Curry, which was a huge piece for that team. Yep. Yeah, I and Bead right now is like the modern day Shaq, right? Before Shaq got to the Lakers, and even in his first couple of Lakers since before the year two thousand, it was like, oh, Shaq's putting up big numbers again. Ah, Shaq yep. falls short in the playoffs. Doesn't fall, yep. you know, doesn't have a great playoff series. Shaq goes to the finals, gets swept, right? I mean, and that's better right. than what anything Embiid's done, but it's very similar, right? right? And if this goes poorly for Philly, 
I mean, I don't think James Harden will be enough Philly uniform next year. Uh, I don't think Doc Rivers will be back. I think this can go really, really poorly, really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm I'm here for all of it because any James Harden slander, I love. Uh, Doc Rivers slander, not as much, but I, I anybody who knows me knows I can't stand James Harden. So, but I'm gonna right. pick Philadelphia in seven. Last thing before okay. you go. Finals matchup and finals winner. I think it's a repeat of last year's finals, uh, but I think uh, so. I think it's going to be Bucks Suns, and I, I'm going to take the Suns just because they're the hungrier team, and they've been the better team this year. As amazing as Giannis is, uh, and as really and as amazing as Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are, I like the Bucks team more this year, uh, especially when it comes to the bench players that they have, who I think have grown a lot and have seen where they can go. And had it not been for a couple of incredible all-time defensive plays by the Bucs in in that last game, I mean, we're talking about a a Suns team that could have been the champions last year and could have just been going for a repeat this year. So I think because of the uncertainty that I have of who's coming out of the East, I'm going to take the Suns right now because the Bucs are going to have to play either the Heat the Nets, the Sixers, or the Celtics to get to the finals. And I don't really know who the Suns are really going to have to hurt themselves over, strain themselves over, other than maybe the Warriors and the Grizzlies, who I don't think are at that level yet where they're going to feel challenged enough to, you know, really sweat in a seven-game series against any team to get to the finals. So I think 17, seven, or sorry, I think it's going to be Suns in seven, over the Bucks, and it's going to be a phenomenal send-off for Chris Paul. I have the Bucks and the Suns again in the finals with uh-huh. the Bucks repeating. Okay. I just think, and I, I love just, that. I just think the it's it's Giannis just torturing the uh, the Suns all over again. But yeah, I yeah. will say, if you're looking for a long shot bet, the odds of the Warriors. Like if Steph Curry can get back and do Steph Curry stuff and give sure. the Warriors their, you know, respect for how great they've been over the years. They're, I think, like 18 to 1 to win the whole thing, which is interesting. Okay. But I have the Bucks over the Suns in six games. Again, we'll do it again mm-hmm. uh this year. And uh Avi, thanks so much for doing this, man. Well, obviously hey, be, thank uh, you be in touch throughout the playoffs and uh, speak to you soon. Thanks again. Speak to you soon. Later. Happy Passover. Thanks again to recurring guest Avi Wexler for previewing with me the NBA playoffs, the first round. I am so excited for these playoffs to come. So many fun matchups, so much good stuff to watch. Can't wait for great basketball. That's episode 152 for the love of the game. Take us out, Nelly. Extra, For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.